0: Episode 62 of the Passive Hang, it's Fayon here, and today we are joined by Karen Avi, or Karen Ben Shabbat, founder of Motion Haifa, a movement school based in Haifa israel if you go on to the motion Haifa website or instagram page you'll see a very large group of community of great movers doing all sorts of wonderful training and i thought i need to go to the source i need to find out a bit more about who karen was who is the founder of this wonderful school and we get to hear about karen's own practice and the challenges that she has to overcome as well as some advice for upcoming practitioners and Her experience in starting a group and becoming a teacher. All right, we're going to jump into the conversation. Hey guys, it's Fayon here, and I am with Karen Avi or Karen Ben Shabbat of Motion Haifa. I'm very pleased to welcome you to the show because um, before we were just chatting, and uh, Karen, you just asked me how I got a like aware of you and I can't remember what I think that's one of the joys and the magic of Instagram is sometimes they can actually connect you with people that you never would have dreamed to have connected with so here we are welcome to the show Karen thanks a
1: lot thanks for having me
0: I, well, I wanted to start just by asking you a little bit about Haifa over in Israel because I don't know anything about Israel other than, you know, what you read in the news or from the Bible, which I'm sure is very, very different. So, yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the place where you live.
1: Uh, Haifa is a small town, small beach town, uh, pretty quiet, um, you know, good vibe, people, um, waves, sunshine, and pretty chill and not mm, like anything you would read in, a, in the papers. And also Israel, um, you know, um, it's a small place, lots of the noise, uh, but generally life is pretty normal here. Uh, sometimes it, it doesn't look like it, but uh, we don't have candles in our backyard, and it's just pretty normal. Haifa uh, is more suburban, Tel Aviv is uh, less, and yeah, this is pretty much it.
0: And is that where you grew up?
1: Yeah, yeah, I grew up here.
0: Ah, awesome. Um, and so we were just speaking before uh, the podcast started and you were mentioning how when you are growing up you were actually a swimmer.
1: Yeah, I grew up in swimming when I was like, like five years old until I was about 12 and yeah, I was pretty good at it. It's like the only thing I'm actually talented in, uh, like natural talent. Um, but yeah, I was in a group with like much, much older uh, swimmers and uh, I saw, I saw uh, capoeira in school and it was it for me uh, when I was uh, yeah, seventh grade or something like that.
0: And so was that the switchover? You were like, you saw capoeira from swimming and you are like, that's it. I'm done with swimming. I'm just going to
1: start. Yeah, I, I was this. done with swimming. Yeah. Before it mm-hmm. was, it was done. It was, uh, it was not rewarding really, you know, um, it was actually a good school, um, yeah the the company was bad when it was a kid, you know you always with the kids that are five years older than you, and it's not working for long term with yeah. so many hours, so many training yeah.
0: It's always really tough when physically as well, you're so underdeveloped with versus older kids as well, you just um and everything's a very competitive nature, right? like you need it's all yeah. around winning, and if you don't win, then it's kind of a bit yeah. of like you're not good enough.
1: Yeah, no, I was actually, I was okay. I was pretty good in the competition, okay, just, um, yeah, I you know, I just, I grew up in it and, you know, didn't like the company after, like, several years and, yeah, just uh, hmm. decided to leave, uh, but I found myself very quickly in, in Capoeira, like, it uh, was what I wanted.
0: You know. So, tell us a little bit about that. So, Capoeira was actually, like, one of the school sports, and that's how you found out about it or like, because capoeira yeah. here in Australia is very, um, it, you know, it's very small. Uh, most mm-hmm. people don't know about it. So yeah, I'm interested to find out more.
1: At that time, it was very like chic in Israel. Everyone did capoeira, all the celebrities, everyone's like exploding. And it was in our school, like Shira uh, Yatsiv from a uh, uh, playground at uh, Berkeley. And uh, she was a teacher there she was student of videos and she, she was teaching at school and i just saw it and i fell in love like right away and um, yeah that's how i started so it was easy
0: Yeah, that's awesome yeah um uh, yeah. now right now i'm actually yeah i'm training capoeira as well um this is something that i started in the in the last year um or so and it's a wonderful yeah wonderful sport i wish uh I had the opportunity when I was young to come across it as, as well, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So it's interesting how these things um, in different countries can develop and grow in very different ways because I think Kapwa has oh, yeah. been been here in Australia for a while, but it's still sort of you know, uh, on the fringes. It's not it's not so popular. But um, Israel, yeah, is there something different about uh in Israel and Israelis yeah, that you just <laughs> like that?
1: <laughs> it's a constant question. Like how come it's so big and so widespread in Israel and Israeli really like it. Um, I think, yeah, it's like, we don't have other things like in the state, like a um, high level breakdance or uh, cheerleading or gymnastics. So it was kind of some, some of it was, you know something very acrobatic and beautiful and, and the music and the rhythm and, you know it's almost, it's summer all year here practically and we're close to the beach and this culture just yeah it's really caught here and actually israel is a really really good place with high level capoeira like people come to israel to do capoeira it's uh it's funny mm. um, yeah it's one of the best places in the world actually for <laughs> uh,
0: and so somehow. you mentioned that uh you found this sort of at high school so during this period middle school uh, middle school. So even yeah. earlier. But um, during this period, were you thinking that this was where you were sort of heading within the physical realm, or did you have some other sort of idea as to what you wanted to be when you were, you know, grown up?
1: <laughs> no, I had no idea. I um, didn't think about it until I started the gym three years ago, actually. Um, no, I just really, I really like the sports growing up. Any any type of activity and uh, no, I never thought about what I'm going to do when I grew up. It uh, didn't come up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so maybe take us through how you know, the whole movement thing started with you. So, you know, you're practicing capoeira and it developed from there. Yeah, what happened?
1: Yeah, I uh, the capoeira teacher happened to be do, total. So I grew up with him um, since I was like 12, 13. And, you know, we did capoeira a lot, but we did also like weightlifting and workshops and you know, something, it was like a dance thing one day and, and uh, you know, BJJ another day and gymnastics. So he exposed me to lots of stuff and very quickly it became not only capoeira practices, again, like an Olympic lift. I uh, used to do before the capoeira, and we had uh, acrobatic acrobatics uh, uh, sessions. And you know, it's the time where CrossFit, uh, CrossFit, got more uh, like got to Israel. It always it was the first uh, person to do CrossFit in Israel, maybe except one guy. I don't know who, who was the first, you know. Uh, but he was like on top of things, and yeah. So it was it was never only capoeira. It was always in that perspective like mm. the frame was capoeira but he was always a kind of a never only only one thing guy
0: yeah and so how, how did that happen was it just um you know just by chance that uh you know you ended up in his his school or you know that was something that you somehow searched for
1: no, no, it was completely by chance that, you know, one of the greatest te- teachers teach like seven minutes away from my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I saw him like it happens to many people right now. So I, I guess it won't be that much of a surprise, but it ma- happens to many people. They just hear him speak about training, not movement, but about whatever we do and things clicking and like for me personally it just fit uh, my personality I just like training and, and yeah it, it clicked even when I was uh, very young so so yeah it was very very quickly I got into it and training a lot and I loved it and actually never stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. And so did yeah. you um, yeah did you view it sort of through the whole capoeira lens or when did it start to shift towards mm-hmm. this more broader like hey this is a, a movement training
1: no, I was always uh, for the capoeira lens, hundred uh, uh, percent. Whether it was uh, you know you want to be stronger to to whatever be a stronger capoeira or just uh, uh, get less injuries. You know, almost none of us has like knee injuries. And um, and when in capoeira nowadays, people started when I started, most of them have some serious injuries. And um, but we you know we did squats and that lived since like young age. So I guess it protected us. And, but it was, you know, we do gymnastics to just learn acrobatics from the best acrobats out there, which are gymnasts um, and, and some maybe dance workshop just to, to be softer and more fluid, like a dancer way and, and martial arts to, to fight better. And it was always like the couple was the excuse um, to explore. Uh, this is, you know, how I see things, yeah. It's, uh, I'm speaking only for myself here, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's not very far from the truth.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, how you d- describe what you do now, you know, is that still capoeira or is that something different? You know, wh- what is it um, to your perspective?
1: No, it's not capoeira. Capoeira is pretty really wide, beautiful art, but it's not as wide as I, as I want it. You can find a lot of things in it, but you know i uh, i did it pretty seriously um uh, until i was 20 something but then i realized kind of why like ido left capoeira cuz i was in it for a year with like i lived in tel aviv i went to all all the events all the classes everything and i understood why it's limitations basically mm-hmm. um, and then ido kind of started with all the movement thing and uh yeah i just continued with him
0: mm and and so what what we use um, what did you sort of recognize from Capoeira in terms of um, where you had pushed it and what you were more interested in finding out or pursuing at that point?
1: I just want to be the I want to be like better player, you know, just you know more virtuosic, more options for myself, better acrobats. Um, it, it's a really amazing game and you can get very kind of deep interaction. Mm-hmm. So. Like the better you are, the more options you have, and the more you enjoy. So this is what I wanted. Uh, but some, some, at some point, I reached reached the ceiling, and I wanted to pursue other things. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. And how about these
0: days? Like, in terms of your self practice, what mm-hmm. does that sort of generally look like right now?
1: Uh. Right now, I found out that I really need to, I can't be responsible for my training completely. I have to have uh, an outside uh, inspiration and stuff. So I got the chance to to get into a basketball uh, team, actually. Um, It's a low level league and everything. It's not uh, that crazy, but still, I'm learning a lot. And it's actually amazing movement wise. There's very little that basketball doesn't have. And it's a team sport. I never did any team sport. Um, So in terms of, you know, footwork, coordination, timing, body positioning, and I'm not even talking about touching the ball yet. Uh, So it's highly developing and I'm I'm really enjoying it. And there's a lot of room to grow. Uh, So there's that. And surfing, which I started like uh, three, four years ago and um, she's a constant challenge and um, it's complete chaos it can be fun and chill and it can be like the most scary moments of my life I can like fear for my life you know sometimes in, <laughs> in a, like winter in a, uh, yeah high wave scenario I, I'm always very responsible some of my students are really Good surfers, they surf here like 20 years and they always, you know, keep an eye on me and make sure I'm not going in over my head and they're guiding me and it's all very, very responsible. But still, you're very alone in the end of the day. There's a huge wave crashing on you and you need to know what to do. You need to hold a breath and relax and uh, do the right things. And, and yeah, it's also something I did a lot lately. Um, and then there's my, you know, my self-practice uh the you know the mobility the strength the rehab the making sure I'm fast enough for the basketball and strong enough and I like you said before we started uh, the record that uh, you realize somehow that okay, I did squats and deadlift and olympic lifts all my life but I don't know how to run I just don't know how to run it's uh, it's very humbling Mm. And my strong legs are in no use in basketball scenario. They just like hurt. They're weak. Mm. Uh, So it's a whole process of pursuing this um, uh, whatever process that you know allow me to enjoy it more, to to be better at it, to develop it more. Because yeah, it's uh, it was very humbling actually to to discover that I'm very weak. I think it's
0: interesting, right, because, um, you know, as we mentioned, these normal tools such as squats, deadlifts, that sort of thing, uh, uh, are viewed normally as, you know, quite quite um, popular tools for, you know, just like um, general strength development, that sort of thing. Um, but then, so what's your sort of views uh, with, I guess, this uh, sometimes generalist perspective of, of of training the body and preparing it but then as you mentioned still when you go into these areas such as even just playing basketball there is still a bit of a shock to the system where you realize oh like that doesn't that doesn't transfer or the the, yeah. the benefits that you get from that don't carry over so that you know you're just uh, Physically, you know, you're really there for basketball. There's still like a level of conditioning that you have to prepare for.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you need to test yourself. Uh, you think your coordination is good, go to a hip-hop class. Let's see how, how good you are at coordinating. Um, and you think you're athletic, now let's go to basketball. See if you, if you can manage. Um, I think it's a really good reality test and, and you always have to, to question it. Uh, Question: Your, you know, if you are really prepared or are you really balanced mover? Uh, Are you really good generalist or no? And and you have to face it and and adjust and yeah. So this is kind of my uh, my approach. Is just I mean basketball is very like the opposite of anything I'm good at. I'm good at like slow things. I'm good at like aerobic activities. And acrobatics and things like basketball again. Yeah. Anything that is fast is is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not naturally gifted at it at all. So it requires a lot of work, um, and like it's where you develop the most. I think for me, mm. where I develop the most, and and yeah, that's why I always push to my um, my weak links, kind of and um, i think you go from there just search for the weak links whatever you don't want to do and uh, you go go do it and and um, yeah on the other side you probably get a little bit better
0: and how are you approaching learning basketball like do you have a a sort of a process that you can share in terms of how you're preparing the body but then also you know learning the coordinations and using the basketball itself
1: um, well, like, uh, like my teacher, I to, it's programmed in me. I can't do anything uh, differently. Just start from the ground up. And obviously you speak to, to people who know what they're doing. And unfortunately I have several of them in my life. Um, but yeah, you take a small task and you complete it and another one, and another one, another one, and you build this, uh, routine and sometimes you know sometimes it's a 35 minute uh, session of dribbling and um, later it became you know seven minute warm-up and then the, the other the other times uh, you uh, you tackle more something that is a little bit more advanced um, but again it just start with isolating whether it's a, a little layup or a footwork thing um, dribbling, anything like it, you just start isolating it, making sure you can you can do it. You know, you learn it slow in a controlled environment because in a game it's not going to work. Um, and yeah, and if you know your ankle starts hurting, and you again, I was sure I was uh, strong enough with my uh, impressive back squats. Um, okay, no, maybe maybe deadlifts, maybe tackle the hamstring a little bit more and like go from there but in a matter of skills like now I'm in a point when again it's very basic but I uh, prefer like training with a friend and you like, guard me like I have option to go right or go left and I only practice that only like two options and I play on this I think for me it's uh it is how I, I would tackle it but I'm not a basketball expert
0: yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But it's cool because you're finding, yeah. you know, your own way and your own process to try and um, almost like empirically find like what's the, uh, what are the ways to get around somebody, say within that more chaotic situation, right? And then I uh, like yeah. how how you use that, uh, I guess, level of awareness maybe that you've devel- developed from the movement practice to then identify, oh, okay, like is it, what's happening with my ankle or you know with my back. Do I need mm-hmm. to then return back to this tool, which may may help me more with mm-hmm. um, this uh, this new area that i'm trying to explore, which is um yeah something that I also found when I started like um, w- when I first started couple wear and then I was trying to um, maintain like the weight throughout all my feet, and I was feeling like oh my feet were 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 weak they were getting tired really really quickly, and then so I ha- had to focus on that part for a couple of months. And then after that, I was like, oh, okay, now now I've adapted and now I can enjoy it a lot better because my feet aren't just cramping up and, and hurting. So, it's um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting like that. I, I really like how the movement practice provides you with uh, these clues to the tools which uh, you need to uh, sometimes return yeah, back absolutely. to.
1: Absolutely. Like being able to, to see it and, yeah, and talk tackle it. I don't know how you can do it otherwise, and also know that there are small you need to choose uh chunks that you can swallow and process and gradually make it bigger uh, or else it's overwhelming and I think a lot of people avoid um like starting something like that at late age because you know you have to to be the the cook in the middle of the room and you have to be comfortable with being a beginner and and you have to have the tools to okay let's take it let's you know cut it piece by piece and let's see how we, we tackle this thing
0: so mm. uh,
1: yeah
0: and how about in terms of like a say a weekly training frequency because it sounds like you know you have a, quite a bit going on you know you run a school you have like the, the the base sort of practices but then you do the surfing and the basketball as well like how many sessions would you aim to say to hit at a minimum, to keep like a good level of progress within these, you know, two new areas that you're trying to, to learn?
1: Um, I start with the uh, things I like need to do, like strength and, uh, uh, yeah, strength and mobility and rehab, things that just keep me going. This is the must. Then like surfing takes priority because you can't surf every day and So, if there are good ways, I probably ditch most of other things to to do it. Um, Usually, and then, you know, it fucks you up and you need to do some uh, rehab and uh, and to counter it a little bit. Um, Yeah, then there's uh, my own practice, um, like movement practice, you can call it. Um, uh, Whether it's I train with my teacher or... Teachers, or I train alone, or with you know some advanced student. We like you know people use the word research a lot, so it's kind of annoying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we research and explore things like things we teach, things we're going to teach, and like develop our thing. Um, so there's like uh, a session or two, at least a week for these two. And now I have like the basketball, um, which is like with the team in the evenings, uh, like two, three times a week. And uh, I, I do more on my own. Um, and yeah, whatever like is in addition to it. Usually I don't like, count the sessions. I, I'm not uh, in this state of mind. I just, I train every day, almost every day. You know, some days uh, it happens that I don't train. Some you know, you learn sometimes that you have to. Um, and we take a walk today. You know, do do easy stuff today. It's not we can push it every day. Um, and yeah, so I, I can train like you know fourteen sessions a week, or I can train you know seven some days. It depends. Uh, but usually it's like I guess. Yeah, ten times. I don't know yeah. if if you wanna if you wanna chunk it like that. I'm not sure it's very accurate, but. Mm. Uh, but however you want to call it, fighting hours. Yeah. And
0: how do you, um, yeah, how do you sort of manage um, re- recovery between sessions? You know, over the long term, as you, uh, you know try and take on all of these things.
1: Yeah, it's something you learn uh, <laughs> by experience, and you get hurt uh, or injured, and you realize you have to to recover better. And I change my sleep. Uh, which was a big, big uh, game changer for me, like two, two, three years ago. I always knew that it's not good, you know, to have screens and, you know, fall asleep with a book, but, you know, sad, it's okay. Uh, but it wasn't. And, and now I uh, do all the right things in terms of sleep. Um, you know, not too much light, not uh, screens, not, you know, uh, same hours. Uh, and I prioritize it. Um, cause I was always an early bird. I was, uh, I like to wake up very early and train and not sleep a lot. And I always was under sleeping. I never slept, I think eight and a half hours, maybe eight hours was very rare. Even growing up training all day. Like I was never sleeping and now I can sleep, you know, nine hours a night sometimes when, mm. when it all works well. So this is an important one. And also, yeah, just, uh, I used to just push and push and push in training. And, and when things didn't work out, I just, you know, would I feel shitty about myself and just push more. And then I realized, you know, with age and some experience that sometimes resting is, is better um, or taking a walk or reading a book or play an instrument. Uh, it's better for a long term. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point to raise, right? Because... Um, <laughs> Maybe that's only through experience because sometimes, you know, at, at the start, you do need to kind of like push to see what the potential is, right? Because um, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe, maybe the natural urge is to just give up. But then on the other side, after a while, when you've been pushing hard for a while, then you actually do need to just sometimes slow down and let it, almost like let it all process, right? But also mm-hmm. let your body recover and catch up.
1: I think it's a it's an issue that athletes professional athletes deal with like the rest of us like how much to train, where to push where to rest, and you have to learn yourself some people can they just uh for uh, you know four strength sessions a day and some some not some just get injured and or it don't get better um so, yeah, you have to research yourself and see, see what's going on, because always pushing. It's very good in marketing, maybe, but I don't think it works in the in the real life. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, the whole, um, I don't know if you know, the term, you know, like, no pain, no gain. It kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> works against us, right? Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> Sometimes, depend on your type, yeah, it, it is true in a way. It just... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big believer in black and white. I think it's uh, more complicated than that and people don't like to hear it. Um, for some people, it, it works, you know. Some people just push and it, everything is okay and they recover and, and they continue. But for most of us, you know, uh, we will injure ourselves some, somehow and we will be forced to uh, to stop. And I I don't see it as particularly smart <laughs> approach yeah. uh to be always tough without you know it's not in place so uh, how do you sort of uh,
0: think and reflect on, on on your practice like do you um you know, do you do journaling or do you have like a, a sort of sessions where you kind of just sit down and ask yourself a, a few questions to, you know, realize things such as this, such as oh, I'm pushing too much or, um, yeah, do you have any sort of um, semi-formalized way of going, okay, like, where am I, how am I going with my practice and where should I go, you know, reflecting back on what you've been doing?
1: Yeah, so I always, uh, since I was a kid, I was like uh, writing my uh, sessions before I'm gonna do them. I used to train a lot alone, and when you write, you kind of commit uh, to to what you're gonna do. So I have like you know 18 notebooks since I was, I don't know, 14. So it helps to kind of reflect on what I'm gonna do today, what, what I did like a month ago or two years ago, and I always try. Like lately, you know, it always happened for me. It happened when injury comes or pain or something like that. But I constantly try to challenge my views and my opinions and, you know, strong opinions loosely held, kind of. And because I saw that, again, like, I'm this very strong, uh, whatever, semi-athletic uh, person. I thought so, but then I can't run. And I try to do it, my back gets fucked, gets fucked or, or when I do too much compression and I have to, to, to understand why it happened. And it took me like, I don't know, years actually to understand that with the help of a really famous physio here, the physio of the Olympic team. She trained, she's one of my students. And she was like, yeah, you probably need to do some core. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I grew up reading Charles Polyquin and training with the Like we don't do core, Uh, but I. Had I needed to and now it's like again I can run I can do all these things that I couldn't like even two years ago uh, without pain and it was again very very humbling so um, lately in the recent years I, I try to be more patient and if I see someone doing something else uh, or in another way than I'm doing it um, I'm like you know my initial response is oh this is stupid or what, what the fuck they're doing um, but then I try to to have, okay, maybe I'm not understanding it, maybe, you know, it's all dependent on the result, yeah, now, if some people produce results, and I, I don't understand, I try to go back a little bit, and uh, reconsider it, maybe a few few months uh, later, a few years later, and sometimes I realize, yeah, that there was a point to it, um, and now, I, I saw it happen, like, several times, and I'm like, okay, maybe I need to uh to reconsider things more because i just encounter you know the the gray areas in life you know in, even in technique like running technique has it, it can vary a lot and i'm sure you know swimming uh there's no one one technique and um and you know it makes you lose a little bit lose it a little bit and um, because okay, there's no right way to do things. There's just what works. Um, and it's like the, you know, the, the poster of the, um, like two swimmers and uh, Michael Phelps and I think it was Chad Laplace and winners focus on winning and uh, losers focus on winners. He actually won this, uh, that's uh, why he won the gold in Rio and mm-hmm. he have this thing that he looks aside it looks sideways when he swim butterfly stroke, which is stupid in every level, but who who are we to judge He was the gold medalist that year mm. um, so it's funny that he got this uh, poster and <laughs> he actually won um, but yeah he's not doing it correctly it's not the technique, but he won a gold medal so how can you argue that or you know you can watch uh, or study landing mechanics or jumping mechanics, but then you see that people land in many, many ways and they're not all correct or whatever, but human bodies is more complicated than uh you know, technical books. Um, yeah. So I try to yeah, question a lot what I do and always have good reasons to do what I do. And, you know, sometimes you know, I question what I do and I return to the same uh, same conclusion, which is good it's, um, if it's working. Um, yeah, it's not about being, like, uh, insecure or anything about what I do. It's more about let's make sure it really works. It's not just uh, mm. byproduct or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, like, that, as you say, when you see it and it it does the thing, you know, it does the result, there's, you can't really argue with that as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. when when someone, like who's doing parkour jumps off, you know, like a five metre high thing and then just lands no. and and is fine. <laughs> and you're not going to find that yeah. like in a book, right? Uh, but then you see it and you're yeah. like, but it can happen because like there are heaps of videos out there We where, where, where you see that happen as well. And they just keep on walking straight afterwards. So, um, yeah, I really like how you approach it there with that maybe – it's like a form of more open curiosity to just be like, okay, I might be believing in one way, but, um, this can change as well. Uh, as you said, like with your, 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 core as well, maybe at some <laughs> points, you, you know, you need to, you need to
1: start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <doing> still, what- <laughs> still <laughs> difficult. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Strong opinion, be held. It's just, uh, it's a ma- the best magnet fridge ever. Um, yeah, for
0: Mm me, please. And, um, you know, when training, sometimes you just have like bad days, right? You know, when things aren't working out. Yeah. How how do you normally approach those? You know, when you just maybe it's just like the handstand or whatever, and it's just like can't work out. Do Do you have a sort of do you just keep on going and smash it through, or do you adapt things? What have you sort of learned? at the point that you're at now?
1: Uh I used to just push it, but you know, it's not working, I think. Not always. Again, it's now black and white. Um, but I think uh putting in a little bit more active rest. Um like this this few hours I'm not going to train. Like this is something I never used to do. Uh so when I have bad days now, um sometimes I push and sometimes I they do the completely opposite. Okay, it's not working today. Just let it go. Right now, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll uh, do you know, whatever. Take a walk. Uh, go for a swim. Do some easy things. Maybe I will do meditation. Um, yeah. So it's really again, it's it's not black and white. I'm not. I don't always push, and I don't always uh, like let it go. I manage it somehow um and i try to to see why it happens usually when i see why it happens okay maybe i was teaching uh you know way more classes than i should then it's good for me and i'm just i'm grounded i'm always like half chewed gum like i'm never warm enough and i'm never uh, like cold and it when i started teaching it happens it happened i didn't have any energy to, to train and I didn't understand what's happening and I felt like you know aching all the time and I didn't have like energy and, and it creeps up to me it creeps up on you. It never happened over a day and you never notice it. I didn't notice it at least at least until it was like way too late. So I needed to like adjust how I'm teaching and and then I have you know I have my normal levels of energy and um you know motivation and um, again if i have a bad day i try to to realize wait maybe i trained 14 days in a row and yeah maybe maybe this session is stupid like it's, it's not in place right now i shouldn't do it um but yeah the the, the initial response usually used to be just guilt <laughs> but now now it's uh i'm a little bit uh, hopefully a little
0: bit wiser than that. Um, yeah. I think it's always the question, right, especially when you've got like a a program and it's has it on a, a certain amount of days or a certain, you know, volume yeah. of, of work and it's like you just want to commit to like doing it all, all, all the time, right? And if you, as, yeah. as you said, like it's a, this feeling of sometimes a question of integrity or guilt if you're just like, ah oh, I just can't can't do it and but you and you have the choice you know you like either just have to put the head down and just just do it or sometimes yeah like walk away and yeah. maybe the next day you just feel feel better actually
1: yeah but I, I tell you what the middle ground is the worst when you you keep on doing and you do a shitty job and and you, you don't rest and you don't train and you lose lose on both sides so this mm-hmm. is what I try to avoid because uh, this is actually worse. You get all the injuries from training without the benefits. So
0: mm. it's yeah. just you're putting in the effort and then, yeah, you're not realizing any of it because you just uh, no. run down, or maybe the, the quality of the work as well reduces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, see, it's a fine line. If you do it, if you give up every day, every time you have a difficulty, obviously you will not progress. If you push through, you might be the lucky ones who actually can and you might uh, get injured. Or you'll be, you know, the lucky ones that three years after that can't touch whatever it is they did. Like, mm. you push the water too much, you some swimmer quit, and they don't go in water ever. Mm. Or, you know, it happens in every field. Some basketballers quit, and they don't touch a ball for three years. So um, I'm not sure. There's a, <laughs> there's a trade-off every time. Uh, whatever you choose, there's a trade-off. No. And right
0: now, do you have any sort of like personal goals? That, um, you know, you mentioned just generally you work in the surfing and the basketball, but do you have like specific things or goals, maybe it's a strength thing as well that, you know, in your mind that you're kind of, you've written down and head towards, is that how you sort of um, orientate yourself and structure like how you approach the practice?
1: Yeah, so I... Like strength is like not interesting to me at all i'm I'm doing it because it's you know it's good for me to balance everything that I do um, I teach it I have to be a certain level of it um, so I just have some some standards for myself or like pulling and pushing just to um, yeah just something that once I do like uh, you know 10 uh, pull-ups i'm okay I, I don't need to be stronger than that it's not i have no interest in, interest in it um and yeah and surfing obviously i have uh, i have goals i want to you know be better at uh, this and that and be able to surf a little bit bigger waves or you know surf better not not necessarily uh, bigger waves and i have my little uh, um goals in uh, basketball basketball and i always have uh, you know, it's a little goals in my uh, whatever locomotion practice or whatever it is that I'm interested in now. Um, maybe it's you know running mechanics <laughs> um, or you know being softer or internal practice or diving 50 meters, which is something I try to do. It's a, there's a lot of goals all over, but no, nothing too big or too far. Mm. Um, I want to be able to keep doing it like long-term. So, so health becomes more of a longevity becomes more of a, uh, more in the spotlight. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess with the, um, you know, when you start opening yourself up to like a, a broader practice as well, maybe sometimes some, um, some of the hard things I think um, for, for people is that it's like, okay, like, how do I, what goals should I be working on and how many goals should I have as well? Cause you know, you have too many and then you're kind of just unfocused, right? So yeah. maybe this is a good time to start cutting over to how you guide your students. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you like to frame it for them in terms of like uh, goal setting and how, how many goals is good to work on at any one point? Because you know, you can't work on everything yeah. at the same time. Yeah
1: yeah you have to choose you have to choose and for my students the ones who are you know not uh, completely passive and just uh, enjoy what i tell them um it, it starts from like how much you're willing to invest what's you know uh, how, how much time and how much effort you you're willing to put into it and then you know the sky's the limit Um so you talk to someone maybe you some people need to be taken down a notch, and you need to calm them down. And some people you can push a little bit. And this is part of the magic of uh, teaching. Uh, you have to know the person. Um, yeah, it no matters how many goals and in number. It's uh, it's hard to uh, to quantify it, and um, because we have a lot of you know some goals are long term, short term, little ones But yeah, just focus enough. You have to be focused enough that you can put enough work on something for. For a good amount amount of time, and also see how you progress because sometimes you think you're gonna get the one arm and stand in a year because that's what you've been told is the average. But for you, it takes two years uh, (laughs) of you know three hours a day of training, and (laughs) it's something you have to deal with. Yeah, and you know it's a a friend's story; it's not mine. No (laughs) kidding. Took me, took me, took me two years, two, two years, which is a year longer than it should, apparently. But anyway, uh, yeah, so mm, I think it's a matter of how, how much time you have for each goal and, and just make sure you, you do a serious work. Like um, you take it seriously and not just playing around with it because for most of us average people, it's not going to work.
0: Mm. I like that. So it's, uh, it's like, yeah, taking into account, you know, how much time, energy that you can seriously devote to it on a, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a regular basis should determine, you know, how many actual goals like you can just outline and be like, oh, I'm heading for this now.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> for most of us, uh, uh, less goals is better than, than too many. Mm. Um, and just focus that really dependent personality actually.
0: And for, um, you know, the, the gym motion Haifa, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. When, when did that, open up when did uh have you always been teaching along along the way or you know when did that sort of start within your mind that you're going okay maybe i can share everything that i'm practicing and learning at the moment
1: no it wasn't like that at all i was uh i was traveling uh after the the military like most israeli do and and then i And did more and more movement with Adelia in Tel Aviv. And I was training with Ido in Haifa when he was in Israel. And I was teaching kids at the time, just a couple of classes, just easy money. And I was a student, I studied in university. So it was a good way to make decent money with very little hours of work and uh, time to train and study. And then, yeah, I I just one conversation with Ido, he told me, like, you you know, you're wasting your time on it, kind of. And I thought about it, and I was like, "Hey, okay, I'm uh, don't need to make too much money now. And living at my parents' house, let's let's give it a go." But I was I didn't. It wasn't like, "Okay, I'm ready to teach." Like on the opposite, I just you know tried, and and I realized that okay, it might uh, it might work, and and it took some some time. But then, like really serious group of uh, students became to to form. Um, yeah, that's it. Um. Some of them, most of them, actually are still some part of Motion Haifa, which I'm very proud of. And, you know, one thing led to another. I uh, was teaching outside and then I went actually to Berlin for a few few months to train with you. And I came back, I, I started to teach a little bit more seriously, a little bit more, and then... Again, more and more people came and winter came, and you think, okay, I might need a place. And you try to find a place to rent, but there aren't any because Haifa is not very much a sports town now more than, than before. So I had to have my own space. And this is how it happened it just uh, was very natural, and there was no planning involved at all. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, it doesn't kind of look like that from the outside because, you know, when you follow (laughs) and see the page, you know, you've got a beautiful space and there's, um, you know, a lot of different students uh, and you're moving inside that space, but then outside, you know, it seems like on a rooftop and all these interesting Mm -hmm. locations. So in a way it looks, uh, yeah, it looks like um, beautifully planned somewhat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thanks. Hey, we started outside, and I like the fact that we're not, uh, we can go outside any minute. Like, if someone is not willing to go out, then maybe you're not, <laughs> it's, it's okay if it's not for you. But uh, if today we're going to go out and do some rails and roll on concrete, it's just as fine as we roll on our nice, smooth floor at the gym. Um, and my students actually are willing to get dirty, and I love it. Mm. Um,
0: and at the start with, you know, finding this sort of first student, students starting to grow a group, like how did that all start for you? How did you start, you know, finding you know, these people who are interested in this
1: stuff? Um, I just wrote the Facebook post with some videos and I remember I was rushing to, to a yoga class and so I just rushed <laughs> they just published it and actually many friends were really supportive and, and, uh shared it and stuff like that and some people came you know some friends came just to make it look uh, a little bit more full and and make it look good and we started once a week and uh you know several like group of people came and went and then one of my uh close students now that became like family uh Yeah, so they came, and around them a group started to, to form. Um, Yeah, all kind, you know, the the surfers guys, the the great physio, and some other friends, and yeah, around them actually they became the core. But it wasn't like very smooth; it wasn't easy from day one. It uh, required some consistency overall
0: yeah because um you know sometimes there's always the question which is because it is uh you know this sort of training more broad training you know, call, it, call it movement call it whatever is a bit hard mm-hmm. to explain to uh wow. to the outsiders so yeah like or people that are new to it so how how have you found it over there is it a, a bit different over where you are or is it the same you know people kind of like what are you doing like what's normally
1: no people have no idea what am i doing people have no idea who do is. they don't know what movement is like maybe now a little bit more but i think in australia it's more widespread than here actually i, I don't know um but it's not uh, it's very hard to explain what we do and uh, uh, if you do it well and short it's very abstract and people don't understand what you want from them and they sure you're like (laughs) presumptuous and and if you if you say things like uh, you know like "Ah, handstand mobility or things like that or locomotion it's very it's not accurate it's not true and and it reduces whatever we do in like uh, I, I don't like it I don't like saying these words I just usually tell people that there's no word for it in in, in Hebrew we call it movement and and they're welcome to come and try and see if they connect because uh, anything else I'd say would uh, reduce it too much um, or would be too abstract to understand mm. um, yeah it's not a good explanation it's not a good uh, marketing at all <laughs> but <laughs> this is it well there has to but be it attracts the right people yeah yeah
0: yeah because there has to be something there right because um, you do have like uh, quite a lot of people who are, seem to be invested in the practice and that that has grown over the years yeah. so you know it it is working right um for whatever experience that um you're you're showing them that when people come they they seem to stick around
1: yeah. Yeah. We have uh, actually a great community. It's something I never imagined was going to happen and I never thought about it. And it's like the greatest gift. It's like amazing group of people. And yeah, it's, uh, again, very humbling. I wasn't expecting this. Mm.
0: Uh, and So when someone comes to like class, like, yeah. Do you just call it like, is it a movement class or is there like different sort of classes? How, how does it, how is it run?
1: Right now, we only have movement classes. Every class is, uh, is the same one. And um, every class is for beginners. Everyone trains together. It's important for us. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't, maybe we're gonna split a little bit or just give people a little bit more time to, to pursue this, their specific goals. Because if you don't train something like for a certain amount of time, I want people to, have, uh, to be able to, to continue their process um but mostly no, we have uh, only movement classes
0: so say like i was coming to a a class you know it was like my first class as well Mm -hmm. what what might that look like
1: oh it can uh, look like many things uh you might uh, do some um waves and hanging and some mobility stuff and maybe some locomotion and handstand and some strength. You might do um, jumping and like conditioning a little bit, um, like different type of uh, precision jumping and sort of things. Um, You might do not like boxing-like things, but, um, you know, like core of very soft uh, boxing footwork and, Like shoulder touches or leg touches, foot touch. Uh, You might play with balls in many ways, Um, and you know it goes on. You might do flow work. You might do uh, breathing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we have few projects we focus on for a while, and then we change them every once in a while. Mm.
0: And and, yeah. So you do have like uh, from that sort of a broad sort of list you might focus down on like what is it like one or two and then that will be a recurring theme for a certain period of time before moving on
1: yeah we always have few goals and we orient around them i we don't like to have you don't just do something in class that is not connected to the end goal um it's not we're not here like to pass time if we do something we choose to do it and we have reasons to do it and we always rethink the reasons um and so i like tell my students if you don't know why we do something um there's always an answer so just ask us if we can't answer then good we're gonna learn from it Mm. Uh, but yeah i'm very strict with it with my teachers and myself
0: Mm, yeah so there's like sort of uh the reasoning and a a curriculum heading somewhere rather than just like a random nice mess yeah
1: yeah it's not random and or random for random sake you know but it's not just a bunch of exercises i saw on instagram or did with it or whatever did growing up and they're just oh this looks good together let's do it there no it's always okay we're doing footwork we want to develop more uh, you know stable feet, smart feet we're gonna do this series of things um uh, yeah, we work softness now, so we do this um yeah it's always always an end goal and always a focus on something, or else you just you know you, you play around it's mm-hmm. play um, it it's like the what play seriously means, I think,
0: yeah. And you mentioned how it was sort of like, it's open to anyone, you know, be beginners as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. How how do you sort of manage that? Because I guess it's always quite tricky when, you know, there might be someone very new to it versus other students who've been with you for, for years. Right. So how do you sort of adapt all of this for, for everybody?
1: I think everything is uh, reducible to, to basic layer and on every basic thing you can, you can add more layers or you can, um, you know, go deeper in this, in whatever we do. Um, so, you know, it's like, a, again, swimming, you can, <laughs> you think you're a good swimmer, but then you realize, no, no, it's not even close. It's not there. And so my uh, advanced student, no. Um, you know, if you do a move that they did hundred times before, it's it's okay. They can do it one more time they can do it one more session. And also I I have I developed some some ways ways of um, um, you know adapting to different levels. Like if you do locomotion, I give the reduced version to the beginners. I teach them maybe two moves and they, they do this and if the beginner can handle three moves it goes three. But it's very easy to to turn like an like an easy move like a basic collet or a cartwheel into something that is always challenging for for advanced people you just you know you add a a little pause or a little thing in the like after it like so you did a whole end and maybe give me an acrobatic move after it or or qdr and and i think this is something we focus on to take um whatever xyz you're doing and now let's let's reduce it to 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 basic levels and let's upgrade it to to advanced Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh,
0: yeah because um yeah i find it really interesting about um that sort of uh approach because sometimes there's uh the uh, the other side where you might split certain classes into, you know, like um, mm-hmm. more advanced versus yeah. more beginner. But I think that, yeah, there is also benefit where everyone sees like the whole range of how something can develop, right, from mm-hmm. the beginner's point of view to then going, oh, yeah, it's not just this, but then, you know, it can develop all the way to the most advanced version. But then for the yeah. advanced people to also see that that regression down and, and, and the process build, back up again because i guess it's always it's always different
1: yeah it helps to form understanding of things and it helps to also understand that this i'm talking about locomotion because the is the hardest thing to to adjust you know strength is you do one arm chin up and i do i'll do rows whatever it, it's very easy to adjust or handstands but the locomotion is more like uh, or footwork or like things more advanced things are harder to um, uh, you know, adjusting. Um, and it makes them see like the logic behind it. it, makes you trust, makes them trust me as a teacher and mm-hmm. uh, trust the process uh, in all the way. And also, I said, you know, it's not, we're just developing options here how to touch the floor, how to roll, how to go over your hands. Um, there's no magic, there's no, it, it's not like, Gifts from the gods, and this is not the only way to do things. It's just a choice. It's my choice. It's my tools. And um, they're pretty general, so you can use them use them in other scenarios. Um, yeah, and also again, there's no one way to do things. Mm. Um,
0: and just thinking about teaching in in general, you know, from what you've learned through this sort of experience, you know, what what are some things that are sort of top of mind when you are actually like in the process of of teaching, whether that's, you know, preparing before class or when you're in the class, like are there certain very specific things that you always try and remind yourself and focus on when when teaching?
1: Um, Try to teach for for my students' sake, uh, not for me. You know, sometimes you you want your student to look a certain way or do certain things and, and sometimes it collides with what's good for them um so i try to keep that in mind um i tried again always have like internal uh coherence of what's going on um like why do i do this why do, I do why why now and uh, what goes well with this and, and 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 to make it logical and make sense in terms of, of again what's good for my student, what's good for my goals also the goals, like how, how you pick the goals, what's what's important. Um, um, so in the class inside, I try to see who is in front of me and are they advanced or are they beginners? How do I adjust the class to them? And to them specifically, we don't have very strict classes. We have the goals, we have the things we orient around, but if everyone are, um, advanced we're gonna do it a little bit differently and if the majority is you know beginners we're gonna do again Um, and yeah internal uh, logic coherence with the next classes within the class with what Mm. we did previously with the general picture like you go from from the one drill we do now to the from inside out
0: Mm. yeah because i guess it's like uh you know what would you say is the, the key difference between being like a, a, an okay teacher to then being like good or, or great? Is it, is it one of these aspects or is there anything else that you would add to that?
1: Um, I don't know what makes <laughs> necessarily a great teacher. I think, uh, well, well, I tried to focus on, uh, you know, if I don't have the answers, just try to send them the right way Sometimes people ask me about things that I'm not an expert in and I just send them uh, and sometimes, you know, it's a, a little bit painful and I know people don't do it and I try to to do it as much as I can. And you always try to criticize again the, the process. If someone, you know, is training with me for like, whatever, a few years and he did some uh, um, uh, you know, mobility protocol and it just, is not working for him. It worked for me perfectly, it worked for like 20 other people that I know, but it doesn't work for him. So I try to, you know, ask for help from like Liao uh, and my mother, one of those students too, she's a great friend or from other teachers and see what they think or, you know, read and, um, research myself. Um, yeah, and I'll just, you know, blame it on the student, like, you're not working enough do, you know, mm. um, it, of course, I need to see that he's doing the work, but <laughs> assuming, assuming it happened, uh, what's, what's wrong with me as a teacher, why is it not working for him? I don't give him the right tools, probably. Mm-hmm.
0: I like, um, yeah, it's always, like, uh, different on different individuals, right, and, um, you know, I think we always have to, to take that view as well when sharing it—that it could be completely different, and uh, yeah, it could be the instruction itself that just needs to be changed uh, to, to suit. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just need a different teacher to say the same things in a in a slightly different way um, to open an, new new possibilities for him. And I also try to do that. Just go to Stas in you know, Australia. It's like one hour away. Go to, to some of his classes, maybe. Maybe
0: he can help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I think there was a recent post that I saw on your page, which uh, I think you asked the question, which I thought was quite interesting. It was like, yeah, how do we grasp um, a concept as, as, tra- as abstract as movement? And you said with highly specific tasks. So yeah. I wanted to, um, yeah. Could you expand a bit about that, uh, uh, about that question and the, the answer?
1: Ah, I mean it's um, activity, whatever, however you want to call it is the most abstract thing you can think about. And sometimes people come to like it does workshop and to do online coaching and the instructions are sometimes overwhelmingly uh specific and you know like attention to detail is like insane. Some people just uh they don't want to handle it. Um uh, but I think this is the way. Again, it's it's the same answer how you um how you approach computer science or music you have to start with like small highly specific things and and build them up and build them up um gradually and and you have like you can't always you know some people would do okay let's play let's play let's explore let's you know i don't like this uh, specific thing and i don't you know i'm I'm more like free free dance kind of a person and and unless you have really good background of something, you probably, you're not, you're not there. You're not, if you, I mean, if you like to play too much and you do like uh, more free form stuff um, and you never go into details and never do things specifically, um, you don't have the terminology. You you don't have the tools to, to advance. You don't have the definitions uh, to yourself. Um, and yeah, to, to, build something that is really complicated and interesting and, and enjoyable. Um, again, like how, how to tackle basketball is the same questions. You just you start with the dribble. Can you dribble? Good. Can you, can you shoot? Good. Can you footwork? Okay. Can you work with other humans? Good. Mm. And, and you build from there. Uh, so this is what I meant. And again, movement, like, okay. So you, do? can you separate uh, hands from legs? okay and you hang good and you support in the hands okay um, and you go from there some people you know they they're very confused but they come uh, the software engineers they can't uh, tell legs from hands sometimes <laughs> 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 but we love them we love them you know
0: it's it's almost like sometimes if you introduce too much chaos like sh- straight into it as well it's just like too overwhelming and you can't make make sense of it and so if you start with these specific things with these specific boundaries as well it can help Mm -hmm. with the understanding and the learning process so that when you do move into chaos afterwards let's let's take basketball right but you know you've got the dribbling down pat then when you're trying to pass somebody and just go down the court you're not having to think about just the action of dribbling so much right because you've yeah. kind of practice that and 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 focus on that separately
1: yeah some people you know approach only through improvisation and let's again let's play and improvise and and it's great but if you don't again if you don't have any background you probably feel frustrated you feel that like you don't doing anything um and you probably won't be there and um, you have to to give your students a to to draw in to to you know color uh, color in between uh, that is small enough and digestible and they can benefit from it and if you like try too much or something that is like highly like not specific it's it's very difficult and also not very developing um, I think if you focus on 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 smaller things at least in you know few years or few months or whatever um, then again, you can improvise more and improvise. I I don't even know if improvisation exists. Okay. Because I personally, I, I don't see I, improvisation is like, people don't just do whatever they never did before. I, I don't see it. Musicians, when they improvise, they, they did it many, many, many times before. Maybe the combinations are a little different. Maybe there is a uh, something very brief that, that n- never happened before, but happened somewhere else. And, and, and I think it's in any way, so real improvisation, you know inventing something out of nothing in the in the moment uh, no I don't think it's uh it's you know happening uh, I don't feel it and and from what I studied when I understood, yeah it's not not that much a, a real thing um, but it doesn't mean that you are planned it's 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 just very experienced people with the uh, very quick reactions um and a lot of options and a lot of training and it looks amazing but i i doubt there's a situation of improvisation that uh, is not you know never happened before in any way mm. um, that's my take on it oh
0: that's interesting so it's almost like it's uh it, it... It may look at as the aesthetic of the improvisation, but it, maybe it's a collection of all these integrations put together, maybe like in different combinations or a slight sort of yeah. dif- different it, way. It,
1: yeah, it, it depends on the, the definition of um, improvisation. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. if you're like, okay, I'm improvised. That's, that's, you know, I'm gonna invent myself right now. And uh, no, it's usually com- a, a different combination of things I I did before. Maybe I don't know the order. Maybe I'm fluent. Maybe I have some You know, uh, uh, amazing moment uh, of flow that really got something a little bit different out of me. But that it's very, very, very small. Mm. Um, Yeah, smaller than we think. Yeah, because
0: I maybe I was going to ask in the in the perspective of like locomotion, right? Because then, um, Mm -hmm. if you break it into yeah isolated pieces and integrating it together, then this improvisational. View so, um, yeah, maybe could you expand a bit more about like what we're talking about here within, say, the lens of that practice and what you've experienced with, uh, you know, integration and moving into mm-hmm. like impro- improvisation? Has that been like very difficult, or as you're saying, like to completely create, you know, like a, a new movement isn't something that you have experienced? Uh,
1: no, creating new movements is, say, For very few people and I don't know if you can Hmm. do it anymore you can invent from for yourself or discover that's what I meant I think the best uh, uh, some of the best uh, create creativity tools are actually not complete improvisation it's you need to narrow the space a little bit Uh, if I tell you to draw whatever you want might be hard for you especially if you're not like Ronaldo da Vinci if I tell you to, okay, let's, let's focus on, on, on this thing and take this drill. Let's focus on, on one move and now you connect it with completely different things that you're not used to. Sometimes we do it in pairs. Like you think of something, I think of something. We need to connect it. And we don't know what each of us is going to say. So and I don't naturally go uh, to my comfort zone. It, it, sometimes it breaks my pattern and, and good things usually come out of it. And, you know, there, you have many tricks like that um, and, you know, it's like even, you know, writing a diary. I, I can't think you just tell me you write something. It's like, it could be too hard. I won't be able to do it. Maybe if you give me a little more specific task, I would I, I'd be able to, to get something more interesting out of myself. Mm-hmm. Also in Capoeira, if you just, if you just play, always play, you get better, but eventually you, you'll get stuck. And if I tell you, okay, you can play with uh, these two two things, and now you have to really squeeze them and realize how how you how you're gonna put them together. And uh, this probably will develop you much more. So yeah, if you just uh, do uh, again free flow or free play or um, all the time, you're not going to develop as much. And even you know, even in painting, painting uh, it happens like a lot of like painting drills or in music and whatever you can you know you can improvise but only in this scale so go for it and and it forces you to find new new options all the time
0: mm. yeah I've definitely come across that in um yeah other fields such as in music when I've dabbled before in, in making songs and when the pal- mm-hmm. when, when the uh when the ideas are just so broad or you don't have like a constraint then you can get lost mm-hmm. and it's actually gets worse versus like if you're just going oh, I'm just gonna play within this this certain scale or this certain sound and then you build off from that mm-hmm. as an uh, as a base sort of idea then it actually starts leading you towards this um, yeah this this interesting path where I don't know how it what happens within the brain, but you can sort of understand that, and then just keep on building up on that layer by layer by layer. That when you zoom mm-hmm. out and look at it, you're like, oh, okay, like that was yeah. that, that worked, yeah. yeah
1: and all, all, always um, something that uh, constrains you or limits you. You know, if you train outside, the floor might not be this, and if you play inside, uh, you have more options there. And uh, you know, if you play play this music versus that music, it might give you uh, different inspiration. If you have uh, these people around you, uh, might move otherwise. Uh, whatever.
0: And as as a teacher, how important have you found sort of uh, going to the books, doing like theoretical study, as opposed to just you know like pure physical practice?
1: Uh, I think books are great. It's good to to visit them once in a while when you encounter something you you don't know or you're not sure of. I have books, I read them. (laughs) Um, But I would take an experienced coach over one who read a lot of books any day. Yeah, Um, so there has to be a balance between it. You can, I think it's great to use books and also science um, when you can, but you can't always do it. So uh, you just focus on experience or other people's experience. As well, not that you don't have to invent anything. you just need to build it up for the students, you know mm. um, yeah i I don't think many people invented anything, even if there are uh, drills called after them <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, not, not in our generation anyway
0: uh, I'll look out for the the Karen drill to start you know circling it <laughs> <waiting> around Instagram, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it's the, the creativity is in the combination. It's not in the in, inventing something new. It's uh, you are creative for, you know, choosing the right things for yourself, for your students. And yeah, from all, all these broad options, all the whatever is, you know, it's information generation or something like that. and um, Picking and choosing for that, it's, it's actually... Uh, a serious job. It's not not that easy. You don't need anything
0: new. You just need to go older. I mean, you mm. um, know. And with the gym, with the motion hypha, like, w- what are the plans from um, from here? So, uh, yeah, were well, you guys shut down throughout this period for for a while. Like, um how is that? Like, so from from here, I'm guessing like you guys are all open up now and can teach classes. So, yeah what's, um, yeah, what's on your mind? What are you planning?
1: Uh, when I'm planning to the future, um, in COVID we train. Well, in the first in the first uh, lockdown we closed up and we did uh, Zooms. And then I asked them if you, they want to do Zoom or kind of a secret uh, training on the roof in the in the space. And I had literally zero people in the Zoom classes and twenty people in class. Uh, so uh, this is what we did. And Israel is good that way. It's not uh, that strict, and you can you can talk to to people if you need to, it's not um, It's not Germany, which is in this way, it's good. And for the future, I don't know. I don't know if I want it bigger or anything like that. i um, actually enjoying like what it is now after the COVID time. Um, we kind of grew a little bit, um, but maintaining the quality is like the first uh, thing on my mind it's kind of getting harder as the bigger you you are Um, yeah just keep on doing what we do actually Um, and have more like bigger community and bigger core Um, yeah it's a a great space for people i'm very happy for it it's not only obviously it's not only me it's some of them as well Um, they attract each other and they uh, communicate with each other. And, you know, now they, they're preparing the, the three-year party and I have no idea what's going on and what's going to be there. The, it's only them. And I'm very grateful for it. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, but we're going to do uh, online coaching soon too because it's, uh, <laughs> it's enough. And mm-hmm. um, so we want to open, like, options for, you know, people that does not live in Israel. and. Obviously, they can come visit anytime. We always uh, welcome guests. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Then maybe can you um, speak a little bit about the what you're planning for the online coaching um, and training? How that will work? Uh,
1: I think there will be a few options. It's not um, all decided yet. Uh, I think you're going to focus on our strength, which is uh, uh, locomotion, um, for for some of the things, and obviously. Personalized training. That uh, you know, if you if you want more, you, know, you can have more. But also like a basic thing for uh, beginner, and also not not only beginners. Because as I said, like we can we're pretty good at adjusting uh, to all levels and to challenge the the advanced too. And um, so we definitely have a locomotion program. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else. What we, we're gonna have. Um, Surprises.
0: Nice. Well, I look forward to seeing some announcements uh, around that. Because, <laughs> <Good. laughs> um, yeah, always uh, interested in, in your work, and I can see like the uh, the results of it with all the students as well. There's always, bit, um, you know, a wide variety of people who are doing all these amazing things in their own um, in their own way as well. Which, uh, yeah. I, that's, I think, one of the things that really stands out from the stuff that you share. So, yeah, looking forward oh, to, to to that. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, maybe just to wrap it up is, uh, you know, outside of movement as well or just, like, physical sort of things, like, is there anything else that you regularly sort of practice and enjoy um, outside of the physical realm?
1: Yeah, which is not meditation. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, uh, I do it since I was very young. So uh, lately, like the recent years, I also did like a psychology degree. And I, it was important to, to study other things and have, you know, this other side of the coin. Um, so a little bit, you know, math courses and uh, some guitar playing and seem to be piano. Um, yeah, it, I think it's important for me at least to, to not only do what I do um yeah so very important actually and also you know be with friends and people and another thing that as a young athlete you uh you skip many times i did um I'm sure people can uh, relate to that
0: <laughs> mm, Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah putting also also putting you know people in your life uh, give them some priority when they need you yeah, <laughs>
0: Well, it looks like you know you've got a beautiful community to support you you know within uh within the gym at least so I'm sure that outside of it as well like um you'll have the same but uh yeah just want just want to thank you for your time today and for sharing your perspective story you know finding out a bit more behind uh you as well. I very much enjoyed it um yeah, thank you very much
1: thanks for having me um unexpected thank you it was really fun.
0: That's all for today, guys. Thanks to Karen for jumping on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that and got something out from it. I think it's really interesting to hear from practitioners who have been in it for such a long period, especially, you know, from a young age as well, how the practice evolves and a new set of challenges may appear. But it's about how we respond to these challenges, which is probably the most important part. So... Hopefully, you guys out there got something from that, something that maybe you can draw on to help apply to your own practice or to your own life. Thanks once again for joining us onto the Passive Hang, for sticking around and showing your sport by listening into these wonderful conversations. I get a lot out of it. And so, always seeking for your feedback and what you guys are looking for. Please, uh, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. You can find me all my details on thepassivehang.com or on Instagram, that's at phaonp, at P-H-A-O-N-P. And yeah, just send me a message there. I will always try to get back to you or I will get back to you. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Many more movement podcasts with amazing people to come. Thank you once again, and I'll see you in the next episode.